Welcome to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your GPS to retirement. There are so many things that you can do wrong and not even know it. And there's so many areas of your financial life, income planning, estate planning, tax planning, so many things that just, how do you know them all? Now, your host, Paul Durso. Well, welcome back to another edition of Simply Financial with Paul Durso. We got Charlie Bowers in the house. We're going to be talking about common estate planning mistakes today on or on today's show. But before we get into that, we want to talk about a couple other things, right? Yeah, Maybe? I think we do. No? Well, why not? I don't uh, I've confused myself now. We want to talk about some impossible questions. It is an impossible question, Paul. What? All right, here it is. When I was the chair at the church council, I would always come in with an impossible question. You would? I would come oh, up great. with the question. We'd this go around. This is going to be wonderful. So, Paul, when you brush your teeth in the morning, do you turn the water off or leave it running? Like while I'm brushing my teeth? While you're brushing your teeth, yes. So you're assuming I turn the water on before I I'm brush I'm sorry. It. I'm assuming you, br- you brush your teeth. It's, it's really my assumption. I could be mistaken. You but. could be. <laughs> so when I brush my teeth, I definitely turn the water on. I definitely get my toothbrush under the water, and then I definitely leave the water on until I'm completely done. Actually, I tend to leave the water on and do the rest of me, like my hair, whatever I'm doing after it. I wash my hands. Uh, I wash my hands, I feel like, four times every morning. <laughs> but, um, but definitely I keep it on. Why? Keep it on. Why? Wait, What's wait. the point here? Well, the point is, when I ask that question, I 80, I 80% of the people left the water running. So this is your I'm judging one, I'm one of the 20%, yes. Oh, so you're 20, judging people. The 20% judge the remaining 80%. Oh, so you're, you're better you're, than everybody else you're because you're wasting you water. Three cents of water. But there was one lady that said, Charlie, it bothered me all week that I leave the water <laughs> running and you, you've changed my thinking. <laughs> all right, well, then I have an impossible question back because right. that made me think. Mm-hmm. So there's, this has been a lifelong debate. I think this has been debated globally. All right. There's no bigger question, in my opinion, when it comes to an impossible question related to the bathroom. You ready? Are you still in the bathroom? I'm still in the bathroom. Oh, my goodness. Over or under? How do you attach the toilet paper? You're talking about the toilet paper. Is it going, are you rolling it over or are you rolling it under? You're assuming we use toilet paper. Uh, well, uh, hopefully. They, okay. I'm, I'm out. I, I, I'm, I, I, bye, I, bye now. Every, everyone <laughs> in our house is an over person. An over. An over. Yes. But I will tell you, at a previous job, there was a lady that told me she had a very good reason for going with the under. I'd like to hear this. She had a cat. And the cat would flip its little paws back and forth and And, unroll. And that only happens on an over. On an over, yep. Well, it's really funny because my wife and I, a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we went to uh, a weekend to remember. It's a marriage conference. Mm. Really, really good. Um, I would recommend anybody go to it. And um, in the middle of the intro for one of the speakers, he brings this up and he got like the whole crowd revved up on, you know, you know, who does it over and who does it under. It's almost like this battle. And I'll never forget the, the late, we sit in the second row, right in the middle of the audience. Mm. And um, there's this couple right in the front. And all I remember is the lady. I don't remember the guy, but I was cheering, you know, for the over, you right. know, there's only one way to go, you know, it's always over. And she turned around and she gave me the death look. <laughs> like, you dummy. 
Apparently. Nobody does it over. Like it always had, like she just gave me that. She looked right through me and I'm like, who cares? <laughs> well, Lori and I had one of those issues when we first got married and it had to do with the tube of toothpaste. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you squeeze from the bottom or you just squeeze? Oh, that's, my wife is just a squeeze and I'm a, I'm systematic. Bottom, okay. I, I will like, I take the bottom of the toothpaste and I take it on the, the sink and I like squeeze I it, it and yeah. I start folding it. <laughs> it's amazing that we can be in, have so much in common with the toothpaste, but you're wrong about water and brushing your teeth. No, that's just, just you just want to judge me. That's okay. fine. Well, you've been judged. Well, we got to move on because All I right. can't handle any more of this judgment. So we're going to talk about estate planning mistakes. The very first thing I want to talk about is failing to plan for expenses that can be foreseen, especially like healthcare. So like long-term care, mm-hmm. where are the big mistakes that a lot of people what might make or, or how can we help them fix some of the mistakes that we don't want them to make with this? You know, you talk about long-term care and that, that's a tough one because when folks come into the office, if they've had an experience with a loved one or family member that's needed long-term care, they understand the need for it. If they haven't, and, and especially if you are thinking in terms of traditional long-term care, it, it, it's not, a, not something they want to talk about. Because the way you, you you think about it is you've spent all this money putting in premiums and, and if you don't need it, it's blown money yep. in that in that mindset. It's it's definitely a tough conversation. And uh, a couple shows ago, we were talking about the tough conversations. And this, this always comes up because nobody wants to talk about getting sick. Nobody wants to talk about death. Mm-mm. But the reality is you have to plan for it. And there's really, in my opinion, only three scenarios that you have to deal with. So when it comes specifically to, to long-term care, there's those that under no circumstance can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, the numbers just, well, the, they don't work out. No. And you just have to hope and pray that you never go into long-term care. The second one is really, it really, or I'd go on the other extreme where y- you can self-fund it. So you right. got the, the, the first scenario where no matter what you can do, you can't afford to pay for it. The second scenario is you have so much money that it would be silly to spend any for mm-hmm. long-term care because you can just self-fund it yourself. And then there's that sweet spot right in the middle that they have enough money that maybe they could afford something, but not too much so that they can pay mm-hmm. for it themselves. And that's really where this planning comes into, yeah, into play here. Le- leveraging some of your money yep. to, to give you two times, three times, whatever that money the is value. should you need. And that only care. can be discovered through conversation and yep. And really planning. So the second scenario we want to talk about, the second mistake, is falling or failing to update beneficiary designations. I just wonder how many people fall into that trap. Well, I mean, let's let's play let's play a little game. Now, not a real game that we're going to play here in a few minutes, but a game like I want to ask you a question. When do you know every beneficiary that's listed? Not you, Charlie. I'm asking everybody that's listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Do you know every single beneficiary that's listed? on your accounts. Now I want you to think of every single account that you have. And I want you to think back and like close your eyes unless you're driving. And I want you to think, do I know every beneficiary? And I bet you odds are 90% of everybody that's listening. I, I even say a hundred, hundred percent of everybody's listening. Go, yeah, I know everybody. Let me tell you the odds are that you may, you, but you may not. And we back in the day used to do a lot of college classes and I'll never forget this one mm-hmm. class. I first moved here to Charlotte and I was teaching at Winthrop and uh, I had a, I mean, there was standing room only. I bet you we had, I don't even know, 80 people in the room. And I'll never forget. I asked this question. 
And I had this, I said, raise your hand if you think you know every beneficiary on your statements. Sure enough, it's a good handful. And uh, this guy right in the middle was so adamant. I mean, he couldn't put his hand up high enough. And, um, and I was like, well, great. Then I want you to prove it to yourself. I want you to go home. I want you to call every single company that you have. I want you to call your, your banks, your 401ks, your mm. pension plans, everything. And I want you to find out if what they have on record is exactly what you know. So then we left and it was about a week or two before our second class. And I'll never forget the second class. I'm standing out in front, just greeting everybody as they come in. And down the long end of the hall at uh, whatever hall we were in at uh, Winthrop University, this couple comes up the far end of the hall and I'm on the very end in the corner. And, uh, and I could tell they were not getting along that day mm-hmm. <laughs> because she kind of came up first in a full head of steam. And then he comes kind of straggling behind them and she comes running or walking with, I mean, just a good brisk wind coming behind her, man. She was, she was, she was hot. And uh, I was like, man, they must've had a bad fight, you know? Mm. And she comes right up to me and she just gives me this big old hug. And I was like, what? I had just moved to the Carolinas. You know, I'm not necessarily used mm. to this Southern hospitality, you know, whatever. And, um, and by the time she like let go, cause it was one of those like long, like what, what's going on here? Uh-huh. Kind of hugs, uh-huh. you know, right in front of her husband, right in front of her husband yeah. who was not too anxious to, to hurry up. And by the time she lets me go and I'm kind of standing there like a five-year-old, like with the aunt grant, you know, hugging what, do you, do? You know like, what do I do? What do I do? And, um, he comes up and she lets me go and she turns around she smacks his arm and she says, tell him, go ahead, tell him. And I was like, what's going on? And, uh, and then come, if you haven't guessed it yet, he did not know all of his beneficiaries, but here's the issue. His biggest account, his 401k, which he had seven figures in, it was a big 401k, did not list his wife. They had been married over 30 years. And he never had his wife as his beneficiary in the 30 years he had worked there. Worked a little bit longer. He he got the job just before they got married. He had listed his mom as his beneficiary. Mm -hmm. He never once thought about it and just assumed. He was hired the same year, but he, for whatever reason, didn't make her the beneficiary as he got married. Yeah. Never looked at it again. 30 years, folks. 30 years. Never once had his wife listed as beneficiary until 30 years of marriage. Wow. And it wasn't on purpose. So the only thing I'd, I'd make note here, sorry for the really long story there, is do your homework and make sure the companies have on record what you know to be true because companies upgrade systems all the time. Things get lost yeah. just because you know, it doesn't mean they do. And make sure it's what you want because this happened in, in one company I used to work for. It's a way to make your ex spouse like you a lot more and your current spouse a lot less <laughs> when you pass away and you didn't update yeah. your life insurance policy beneficiary. Oh, and I think that happens a lot more than you think. It yeah. does. You really quick before we move on, I had a client in my office the other day, just signing up and we're filling out her beneficiary forms. And I know she's, she was divorced a couple years ago and, um, she's not married and we're, I didn't know who she can put for a beneficiary. So we had kind of left it blank and everything. And she started filling it out and, uh, and she put it down on her and it was the same last name. And I was like, Oh, is that your brother? And she said, no, she goes, that's my ex-husband. And I said, I said, what? And she goes, yeah, we're really close friends. And she goes, this work out for us to be married, but, uh, he's one of my best friends. And uh, we're really close. And I was like, you're putting your ex-husband mm-hmm. as your beneficiary on all of your accounts. She's like, yeah, I know he would do with my money 
what I would want to do with this money and make sure it goes to the appropriate places. I trust him. Wow. Her ex-husband. That's something. So I told her, I was like, I'm using this story for the rest of my career <laughs> because that says a lot about your character and who you are as a person. I thought yeah, that was awesome. That is something. That's really something. All right, what's next? So failing to take steps to avoid conflict and potential litigation among heirs and family members. I think that can be a, a tough one, right? That's there. a really tough one. What do you think? This is something speechless. That, this, it is. Yeah, it's speechless. something that I think nobody really wants to think about. Yeah. Because if you've got internal family conflicts of any sort, gosh, if you don't tell them this is where I want stuff to go, then when you're gone, it can really create um, dissension. Havoc. But, yeah. It would be awful. But even if you do tell them, you know, that's a tough conversation to have right up front. So. Well, you, you know, we've had a lot of discussions with many clients about this very thing. And I think the best thing you can do, which is very difficult, is get everybody in the same room. You know, we yeah. just either right, right around the holidays. I mean, now's the time where you're thinking of friends and family and you're around people that you don't necessarily get around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now's the time where you can have some conversations. And we've brought, I don't know how many different people in our office over the years and say, okay, we've been working with so-and-so for you know, a couple of years and it's really important that you understand what they want to do. You don't have to share numbers, but you can have those tough conversations and, and really lay out their wishes and desires. And you can have an attorney there. And I'm, I'm typically a facilitator, you know, I'm just, I'm bringing up the conversations. I'm saying, this is what they want. And I'm, I'm probably the one more often than not that basically sets the tone of the meeting that, that is very difficult for the client to have mm. because it's awkward. It's, it's hard. It really is. But you got to understand, you know, if you pass away, your kids are going to go through a huge emotional, you know, event. It's going to be so hard on them. And then if you compound it with them, not really understanding um, where your assets are going or what your desires are, it, it makes it so much it more does. difficult. Well, I don't know about you, Charlie, but I'm ready to play. I don't game. want to talk about that anymore. No, I, I, we need to, uh, we need to play a little game. You, and if you've been listening to the show, you understand we got a little spin wheel that we, uh, we, we give a little tug on and wherever it lands, we've got 10 different games. And I don't think we've ever listed the games before, but I'm going to do it real quick. It's All really right. fun. One's got to go. Hot seat, superlatives. We've played a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. uh, pop quiz, insight highlights, which is just news of our office. What would Bernie do, which is a lot of fun. The rest of the story. And where's that come from? That's, uh, That's what's a Columbo. That Columbo. Yeah. And uh, we've got all... One more thing. No, one more thing is Columbia. The rest of the story is like Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't confuse me yeah, like that. And then we got Toast to Roast by ourselves. So we're going to spin this wheel and see where it lands. Let her rip. Toast or Roast. Oh, Roasted. Awesome. Oh, this is a game where we come up with something, and then we're either going to toast it or roast it. So what do we got? So, so I'm going to throw it on you here. This, this, I, I've gone out into our lobby area there, and I looked at this bowl. What bowl? Of chocolates. Oh. Paul, toast or roast, dark chocolate. Oh, man. So we're talking like roasted coffee with dark chocolate? We're not, you're not going to get drink anything We're like here. toasting some You're going to say, do you with, want the dark chocolate? Or do you not like the dark chocolate? Oh, Toasted man. means, yeah, I love it, or roast it. I am going to say I'm roasting it. I can't 
damn dark chocolate. Well, then you're like most. We can of just the people. get it out of the bowl. It's you're probably like full most of, of our clients that come in here because that's the particular one that builds up over time. Yeah, it's disgusting. And it seems like the uh, toffee ones tend to be the most favorite because they just really? disappear like that. I don't think I've ever noticed. But I'm a dark chocolate guy because that's a well, dark. Well, you're not eating enough. That's, I'm, that's dark chocolate with almond, and that's healthy. What? Oh, yes. You look it up. I did. It's a healthy. This chocolate's not healthy. Dark chocolate. Let's hear the narrative, got, the spin on this one, Charlie. Okay, let, how is it healthy? It's got good stuff in it. Okay? <laughs> oh. Stuff that's good for you. You know why they say it's healthy? And it reduces stress. What? Yes. You know why they say it's healthy? Don't. Because it's not as junk food-esque or whatever as milk chocolate. So just milk chocolate is had, worse. I read to you earlier. What was in that? That's and so I've good. tuned you out. I didn't yeah, listen. That's what I, thought. <laughs> I have okay, no I'll, idea what you said. Let's move on here. <laughs> All right. Gun. What's next? What do we got here? We got transfer. All right. Back to our real estate mistakes. I honestly real tuned estate? you out. Sorry. Estate planning. Estate planning. Estate. Okay, I was I looking at the that. next word here. Uh, uh, but you were reading some of that, and I honestly <laughs> did tune you out because I don't remember anything that you said. All right. So we got two more things we're going to go over. Uh, next one is. And these are common estate planning mistakes. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about is transferring real estate while still living instead of at death. Why is that bad? Oh, that's big, big, big. Uh, never forget, I was on my way to San Diego about seven years ago. And on that flight, I was sitting next to this lady. Sorry, this might have been eight years ago. Sitting on a flight next to a very seemingly wealthy lady. Got into a very interesting conversation and she has a real estate or a financial advisor, real estate broker, yada, yada, yada. She's telling me about all the stuff that she had and doing this very sophisticated plan, which entitled, which entailed titling her real estate in the, the names, like gifting it while she's alive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why are you doing that? And she kind of went through this whole scenario, this whole thing. And I was like, do you have any idea the amount of tax that you're burdening your kids with? And she's like, well, our plan's going to take care of that. And I said, no, it's not. You're actually, you're pushing your cost basis over to your kids. So yeah. here's the skinny on this. If you've got real estate, you got a piece of property that you inherited from your mom and dad, and there's basically, you know, no cost basis or whatever cost basis on it. If you push that and, and, and gift that or give that to your kids, they inherit the cost basis that, that you have. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a house worth $500,000 and you have a cost basis of $100,000. There's $400,000 of profit that you, you, if you sold it, would pay. Well, if you give that to your kids, you're also giving them that $100,000 cost basis while you're alive. But if you set it up in trust and state planning documents, you do it properly, and that house moves in, in, and your kids inherit that at death, they get what's called a step up. And that step up is wherever that house was worth at death, they inherit it. Mm -hmm. So if it's 500,000, when you pass away, they inherit a cost basis of 500,000. The $400,000 gain that you had is wiped away the moment you die and your kids can actually sell that house the next day and pay zero tax. It's huge. Huge. It's really huge. And I'm thinking this in my mind, I'm sitting next to this lady and I'm thinking, wow, you really think you got it all sorted out and you might actually have the business side sorted out, but from an IRS standpoint, you're costing your kids a fortune. Yeah. And she had no idea. That's true. And she just thought her advisors were just doing everything that was great. And she just didn't want to listen. And that, you know what? 
whatever. You know, I, I, I tried to help her understand what the IRS law states because it's pretty black and white in some regards. Yeah. There's some gray areas. Don't get me wrong. But this is pretty black and white. That, that one's black and white. I think. Yeah, there's there's no no ways around this that I know of that you can get around it. But and that goes for stocks too. So it's not just not just real estate. estate. Yeah. And and the issue here is once once things are done, they're done, mm-hmm. and that cost basis is transferred. There's no getting it back. You make this mistake, somebody's living with that cost basis and that tax consequence for the rest of their life. And taxes are huge. The other thing that kind of relates to that, and it could be in terms of giving away property or giving away assets, is that, you know, sometimes I'm thinking back to the long-term care, people try to spend down their assets or give away their assets so that they might qualify for Medicaid in terms of, you know, long-term care assistance. And you got to be careful with that because be aware that there are look-back periods where Uncle Sam's yeah. going to, to try to recoup those gifted assets if uh, all of a sudden you need Medicare uh, at a certain point in time. So just be aware of Uncle Sam's got a lot of laws, a lot of rules out there you got to navigate around. All right, last one. Then we're going to call it a show, um, a complete show. The next one and last one is not considering tax implications of your estate. Give me some word on that, man. Well, like the lady you were talking about, she wasn't so worried about she didn't care. Tax implications no. because, hey, I'm not going to be here. I'll let the kids deal with it. And, and the stepped-up basis for property stocks is huge. And you really want to take care of your uh, heirs and try to minimize the amount of taxes that they uh, that they have to pay. And, you know, you're thinking about taxes on property, but what about other assets where maybe they can receive um, tax-free Absolutely. buckets of money? You know, one of the aspects of simplicity, and we don't talk about this every single week, but one of the aspects of it is called legacy plan. Mm-hmm. And there's a legacy aspect of simplicity, which basically says if, if you've got a, an asset base of one and a half million and you want to leave a legacy and put your name on the side of a building or, or what have you, or you've got nine kids and you want to give each one of them a million dollars, so you got to turn your one and a half million, live off of the interest and grow that to 9 million to make that happen, there's going to be some rate of return that's going to be required to make that happen. So our, our system does a lot of that math and figures out, you know, how, how much growth, what kind of help you're going to need to turn your, your dream into a reality. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it also will uncover if you do planning well and properly and you're, you're doing your job. If I'm doing my job as a financial advisor, we're going to see that the legacy can actually be a reality for a lot of our clients. Well, it also unearths a, a huge need for estate planning design mm-hmm. where life insurance come in, come, may come into the picture as a need, not just a, well, because a lot of people hate life insurance. Why would you pay those greedy, mm-hmm. you know, profit-hungry insurance companies for anything? So there might be specific purposes that you need to do that because if you don't, you might give away 30% of your estate to the IRS Right. Just from poor planning. And yet that could have been avoided by just a few payments, you know, well, a few, whatever. It's going to cost you some money for estate planning mm-hmm. and life insurance. But the reality is it might save you 25, 35% of your wealth through, through an inheritance of your child. Yep. So I'm not an advocate one way or the other. I'm an advocate of the best advice we what can give. What makes sense for each and individual. That, that's, that comes down to planning. Yeah, it it does. And, you know, we've focused a lot on health-related, tax-related. There's a lot of other 
planning in terms of estate planning. So I'd recommend you talk to an estate planning attorney because there's health care, powers of attorney, trust, living wills, other things that are so important, along with planning for the financial aspect of it. And it's our hope you learned quite a bit today in this show, you know, regarding estate planning mistakes. There are so many things that you can do wrong and not even know it. Mm -hmm. There's so many areas of your financial life, income planning, estate planning, tax planning, so many things that just, how do you know them all? And that's why it's so important to have a really good trusted source for every single one of those areas, whether it be an attorney, a CPA or financial advisor. And, and I'm not an advocate of that all being the same person. And there are some people that, you know, our state plan, try to wear all those hats and it's, uh, and we have a lot of knowledge in a lot of those areas, but we'd always say, let's go get an attorney. Let's go get a, a CPA. Someone that really specializes and, in, in and I feel need. like I could give good advice in all three of those areas, but I'm, I just want to compliment somebody else and say, mm-hmm. well, what about this? I want to ask those tough questions and so let somebody else figure it out. It always helps my knowledge base. You know that, oh, yeah, yeah. but at the end of the day, you, you, I call it the trifecta. You know, you have that financial advisor, that CPA and that attorney, they all work together for your benefit. You're in a great, great situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you want to learn a little bit more, you can always visit our website, insightfolios.com. We have a ton of great articles up on that website. Again, that's insightfolios.com. Or if you have a question that you just need to talk to us, just give us a call 704-529-9500. Again, that's 704-529-9500. And I uh, hope you had a a good time listening to the show and hope you learn a few things today. Thanks for listening. See you. Now for our fast talking fine print. The information presented is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax investment or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a SEC-registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is notice filed or is excluded or exempted from notice filing requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through Durso Capital Management Company. Insight Folios, Inc. and Durso Capital Management Company are affiliated companies and do not offer legal or tax advice. Paul Alderso and Charles B. Bowers Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios, Inc. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.